Hey there! It is the Fully Live Athlete Pastor Channel, and this is the fi- this is the online Bible reading club. But the final day, we're going to be in Genesis. This is day twenty, and Genesis forty nine through fifty is our Old Testament text. We're going to be in verses thirty one through fifty of the uh, fifty two fifty eight of uh, of Matthew thirty one through fifty eight. So. As we are reading through, we're finishing, two of our favorite people in Genesis are dying in this chapter. Uh, and so Jacob's going to give his last words to all of his sons, his blessings to them. And within those blessings, you see uh, some predictive, uh, some prophecy about their futures and the land. And it's mainly based on their uh, life and their history. And you think about Simeon and Levi, they were the violent ones who who uh, brutalized the, the men of Shechem because they mistreated uh, Dinah. And and as you think about that, you can go back to uh, 34, I believe the chapter is on that one, and read it. But as you're thinking about that one, he says, you're not you're going to be scattered because of that. It's because you're too violent. And you're going you're gonna to try to subdue everyone else, so we're going to have you scattered. Uh, and so that's how that works. Uh, you think about the one of them is called a serpent, like serpent-like. And, and when you see that, you see that uh, there's not a lot of, hope in that, that these, these sons, uh, they've got, if you think about serpents and serpent imagery, what do you think about in Genesis? Well, Genesis 3, and here we are at Genesis 49, as we're wrapping up the book, and we see that there's serpent-like qualities even in God's people, and, and from even the disciples, there's 12, 12 tribes here, 12 sons, 12 disciples, 12 apostles, and out of that, there's going to come Judas Iscariot, who is going to betray Jesus and, and take him. And, and hand him over for 30 pieces of silver. Well, these are the same brothers who handed over Joseph for 30 pieces of, for, for silver. And you think about that. They're, they're, even within the chosen people of God, they're, they're dearly loved by God. They've seen his blessings. Uh, they've still got wolves within them. They're wolves in sheep's clothing. They're serpent-like. And you see that with the Pharisees in the, in the New Testament and the, the priests and the leaders of Israel who are condemned for, for abusing the people and not caring for them. And they're, they're like sheep without a shepherd. And Jesus weeps over them. And, and, and he sees that this is, the, this, is, this is the hearts of men. And this is why we need a Savior to come and die. And, and you think about that. Uh, it's not a pretty picture. And even in 50, when, when, when the brothers are reunited with Joseph and, and their father has been buried... Uh, back in, in, in the land uh, where, where Abraham has, bought, has purchased uh, a tomb uh, and, he, and he's been laid with his father and, and, his, uh, and Abraham, his grandfather, and, and their wives. Well, as you, as you think about that, uh, the brothers come and they try to get reconciliation. And they, they tell him, hey, Joseph said, or Jacob said, Joseph, you need to, you need to forgive us. And, and he says, well, look, no matter what, I am not going to take vengeance on you because that's God's, that's God's role. Uh, I'm not God. Who am I to stand in His place? And He forgives them, you know. But but He He does make it clear that vengeance is the Lord's. That that you know God does judge, but He's not going to judge them. And so what what you know, because ultimately He's thankful because He's been able to exercise grace towards His brothers. He's been able to exercise grace and mercy to his brothers and be able to be a, an instrument, instrument to redeem them and bring them out of this famine and certain death. And, and, it all, and God and his providence worked this out. He has a great understanding of God's providence and how God led him here. God did this. We said that in the last reading in Genesis 50, 45. So as you think about that, you see the grace of God right here in Genesis. You can't 
read Genesis without going to Christ and considering that vengeance is coming for sin. And, and we need it because we are, we are taking on the, the enmity against God and the, and the serpent-like qualities and, the, and, and those roles. And so we, we must have sin uh, that is judged. But you see the grace of God and, and what the way Joseph is a type of Jesus. Well, then you move over back to, to Matthew 13. Here we are in the second chapter. We, we talked about parables last time. And you think about the parable of the sower. You think about the parable of the Good Samaritan and some of these more famous ones, right, which, which you hear all the time. And you hear, judge not lest you be judged, right, in the Sermon on the Mount. We've read that already in, in Matthew 7. Well, Matthew 13, in the second half, you see two parables that are not really the most popular ones. There might be the forgotten parables. And I want, I want you to look at these very carefully today because when you look at these parables, um, it's going to debunk something that you hear all the time. And let me tell you this. This is spoken all the time, just taking for granted that, hey, that Old Testament God, he's a mean God. He's wrathful. But the New Testament God, he's full of love. And I'm like, my head just wants to explode when I hear that because I've seen, I've read, the, have you read the Bible? If you've read the Bible, you know that is not true. I just disproved it in Genesis 49 and 50. But let me tell you just how wrong you are if you say that. If you ever say that, you're wrong. Wrong. Truth is not relative. There is truth. That's not what the New Testament says. Jesus is saying things like, hey, there's going to be weeds and there's going to be wheat and they're going to be growing together to the end. And then we're going to divide them all up and we're going to throw those people who are the weeds into the fire and burn them up. That's what he says. Well, look at the parable of the net. If you want even worse than that, about how Jesus himself speaks of hell and wrath and judgment on sin, look at what he says here. You know, it says, The kingdom of heaven is like a net, and it was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. When it was full, the fishermen pulled it up on the shore. It's the kingdom of God, which Jesus came to bring. He's going to pick up all the men, all kinds. He's going to sit down and collect the good fish, and then he's going to throw away the bad. And this is how it will be at the end of the age. He's speaking of the future. There's going to be a judgment day. It says the angels are going to come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Jesus says, have you understood these things? He said, yes. He said to them, therefore, every teacher of the law who has become a disciple in the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of the house who brings out of his storeroom new treasures as well as old. Look. You have to look at this parable and examine it and ask, what does it mean? Am I wicked or am I righteous? I am going to, we're going to bring everything out here and put it on display at the end of the days. And is my life going to stand up as one who's treasured God and loved him and served him? Or have I rebelled against God? If I rebelled against God, I will not be able to stand. I must look to Christ and, and the, the salvation that can only come to the cross. At the cross, you see the full love of God on display in His forgiving and saving sinners, but you also see the wrath of God turned up to the maximum and that this is what is waiting on each of us who will be wicked and rebel, is that we will not have a cross in our place, but we will have to bear the eternal wrath of God. That's why it says it will be thrown into the blazing furnace, uh, caught up in the net, thrown in the blazing furnace. And I think that's a that's a, a great way to end and ask ourselves: Do we have assurance 
uh, of our future with God? Are we in, in, in the grace of God, in Christ, or is our faith in Him, or is it in ourself, or are we against God? And, and have we believed the lie that the Old Testament God is different than the New Testament God? And I want to tell you, if you believe that, start to read it with new eyes and see. Just actually read the Bible and see that Jesus is better than you've heard he is. You're going to see that when you actually read it, you're going to fall in love with God. Jesus is going to make, Jesus is going to make known God to you, and it's going to be far better than the caricatures you've been told about that he is. Friends, this is Justin. I'm signing off for today. I love, I love that you guys have made it through Genesis. And we're halfway through Matthew almost. And it's been going to be a great journey. So keep going. I'll be with you daily. Thank you. Hey, if, you if you're listening this far, make sure you like it if you haven't already. And subscribe. That will really help the channel and get the word out there. And people will see it more. Peace. Thank you.